from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Happy Valentine's Day, and thank you for joining. Valentine's Day is very special because three birthdays cluster in the month of February in our family. My wife, Vicki, our eldest daughter, Heather, and our eldest grandchild, Georgia. And I have daughters and granddaughters, so this is a very special time. Our eldest was born in 1975 during our junior year in college. My beloved mother-in-law, Betty, had come up to help us after her birth. Now, my schedule was pretty crazy then. My bridge construction was going on three days a week, and I went to school two days a week, and I went to classes on the two days. And on all days that I could, I also had uh, a shift on the breakfast line in the cafeteria at Carson Newman College, now university. I was a part-time youth minister on Sundays at the Methodist Church in town. And both Vicki and I worked in the cafeteria. She worked right up until it was almost delivery time. She was a cashier because she was agile, quick, and uh, she could handle more than one thing at a time. She was steely-eyed, and when The jocks and the rest of the boys tried to filch extra items that you had to pay for that weren't covered by the meal plan and stuff it in their pockets. She would ring it up as they were coming through the line and then surprise them when they got there. Miss Pearl McCann ran that cafeteria. It was back in the old days. Now, you know, I go to the cafeterias in the schools and they're now food courts and they're like a mall food court. Well, back then, all the food was prepared. You might have two entrees to choose from, but your choices were mostly, are you going to eat it or not? A great food, but it was a different time. I was, uh, I worked on the line most of the time, which was bringing out the trays when they ran out, did cleaning up and all that. And sometimes I worked in the dish room with T-boned guy that, uh, Saw no reason to wear his teeth to work because, you know, what what was the point if you were going to be cleaning dishes? It was pretty wild back there. But Miss Pearl ran a tight ship. She was tough. You could eat off the floors. And it was populated by students and local people who worked very, very hard. And they watched other people's children going to school and getting ready to move ahead in the world. There were a lot of students from other countries there who had to do it to make ends meet. And the truth is, uh, most of the students at our college were not from wealthy backgrounds. They were from ordinary families, needed a little help to make it. It was a good place to be, and they were very accommodating, and Miss Pearl took a special liking to my wife. Now, the cafeteria is instrumental in the story I'm about to tell you. Right after... Valentine's Day, our little girl was born. Vicky worked right up until that time. She got up on the day that uh, she would begin to feel uh, the pains, clean the house, mop the floors, and then woke me up and said, I think it's time. We rode over early in the morning, the two of us. 
over to Morristown, Tennessee, to the hospital, and I sat by her side while she gave birth to our little girl. Now, Vicki's mom came up to help out because she knew we were doing a lot. We were young, but a new baby on top of everything else going on was a lot even for the energy of two young people. I kept on working. We had no choice. So I would get up at 5 o'clock and stay as long as I could and kiss my new baby. When I couldn't delay anymore, I'd make myself go out the door and go on to work the breakfast line and then sometimes on to the bridges out at I-40. So the second week, I got up early to go to work again, and, well, it was time for two weeks' doctor's visit. So it had been late night, and I had been studying what I could since I had my mother-in-law there and got up to go uh, out and work the breakfast shift before we went to the doctor later. And I walked outside, and my car was gone. And I just, I, I ran inside, and I woke everybody up. I said, Vicky, our car's gone. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? My mother-in-law woke up, and she was, of course, still waking up. And she said, well, call the police. Call the police. So I call the police. They come. And it won't be a hard car to spot. I had bought in the summer before we married a yellow Plymouth Duster with black trim. It looked like a honeybee coming at you. So the police officer came. I gave him a description, and they went off looking for the car. And we talked together. What are we going to do? called my friend down the street. I said, Bob, our car's been stolen. I'm going to have to borrow your car to take the baby to the doctor. And Bob said, "Um, you know, I walked past your place last night and I noticed your car wasn't there. And for the first time, my weary self paused a moment and I started thinking, you know, I went down to the science building and worked in the computer lab I drove down to the science building and worked in the computer lab, but I remember walking back and looking up at the stars. Oh my gosh! And so I quickly headed out the door, told Vicky and Betty, I'll be back, I know where it is, I forgot. Went running across campus, wearing just a t-shirt and khaki pants, and, and uh, I'm running, 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 and I get to this science building was kind of down in a low place and I was up on the sidewalk and I saw two police cars honing in on that car with their spotlights on the license plate. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I'm going to be so embarrassed. And so I jump off the curb, turn my ankle, roll about three times, get up, dust myself up. Now I'm hopping on one foot over to the police cruiser the officer rolls his window down. He's got sergeant stripes and thick glasses. And I just say, cancel the, the, cancel the alert. I, I forgot it and left it over here. He just said, okay, end of report. What an embarrassment. I limped around for a couple of days. I still had to go to work, go to school. That's not what I really want to tell you about. I want to tell you that all those people, Blanche and... T-Bone and Tommy and all the other workers there who were the full-time people from the town. They were just working folks, barely making ends meet. But led by Miss McCann, they had done an extraordinary thing for us. When we came home from the hospital, our entire house was filled with gifts from our cafeteria crew. 
There was food everywhere. They had filled the pantry. You know, that it was all over the counters. There was just more stuff there. Unexpected, extravagant grace. And Vicky's mother was just weeping. She said, I can't believe it. And we saw this and realized that Miss McCann was looking out for us. I, I can't tell you what went through us when we saw the kindness of these people. And most of the full-time people we worked with had a hard enough time making it on their own, but they rejoiced with us. It was just a great thing. No matter how hard you work, you don't make it without others. The truth is, all of us are indebted to other people in our lives. I will never forget Miss Pearl McGann and all those people in that cafeteria who carried us along just a little bit in a happy and stressful time. Valentine's Day always brings that back. The day I stole my own car and the month when we saw the love of people on display, the love of God, it was so good. You can never pay forward enough for all that was deposited in your account. Oh, there's a little uh, postscript to this one. My senior year, I got a job through the CETA program because they were hiring a police dispatcher at the local police department. So I worked there for a year, and I was working with all those police officers, and they would sit around and tell stories, and I can't repeat a lot of what was said. So I got a lot of church training in there, but one day... They were sitting around telling stories, and Sergeant Shaw said, and I'm going to edit his language a little bit here. He said, well, do y'all remember that idiot that reported his own car stolen? And they started laughing as he told the story of a young man that called in. And there was a twinkle in his eye, and I kind of knew I was busted. And I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Love is so good. Happy Valentine's Day. It's a wildfire burning, the body aching. A stone of stumbling to give your taking It'll lay you low on a mountain top It turns you loose and you can't stop That's what it is That's what it is It's the chance you lose The lifeline that you're holding to A mother's touch A baby's hand Keeps a daddy coming home again That's what it is 
fate Change your life Make some man Take a wife It can wreck your plans It's a blinded rage It's the safest place Makes you afraid That's what it is That's what it is site for lots of other information and writings at garyfur.me g-a-r-y-f-u-r-r dot me once again thank you so much join me next time on the flat picking progress <laughs> <laughs>